this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host ji sampath the rajya sabha on july 27th passed the cinematograph amendment bill 2023 This bill among other things brings in age based certification for films and stringent penalties for piracy. It also provides for separate certification for the exhibition of films on TV and quote unquote other media. So what was the need for these changes to the Cinematograph Act 1952? How will the age based certification work and would it be in consonance with the age based ratings that other countries have? and how significant are the new provisions against piracy we discuss all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us arun deep the hindus tech policy correspondent arun thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me sampat so arun we've had the cinematograph act 1952 which has served us reasonably well for more than half a century perhaps and we also have the copyright act 1957 to deal with piracy So what exactly was the need for an amendment bill you know for this act can you give us a quick background on how this bill came about what were the debates that led to this uh, new bill being passed sure so uh, to get to the piracy uh, point of things uh, the copyright act already does have uh, some provisions for uh, unauthorized use of a uh, protected content when it is the intellectual property of somebody but the film industry uh, also has recourse in the 1952 act and over time they have been uh, calling for stricter penalties more punishments one of the things that uh, the inb minister anurag thakur mentioned in parliament was that nowadays anyone can just take a phone inside the uh, a cinema and record the entire film and you might have seen this happening when the title of a film that is you know highly anticipated is being uh, displayed before the movie starts and if they were carrying let's say a camcorder in the past that was slightly easier to capture because a lot of uh, cinemas do not allow bags which might contain one of these things and you can't really smuggle in a, a bulky camcorder but everybody these days carries a phone and a lot of these phones have better cameras than the camcorders did back in the day so the film industry also globally has been uh, fighting in many jurisdictions for greater punishments for cam rips uh, cam rips is the term for uh, recording of a film that is being shown in a theater and then distributed on the internet so this, how big really arun is this problem of uh, you know people recording through their cell phones in a cinema hall and then i mean the quality i'm assuming would be rather poor because you're you're recording it from a distance and it's from a phone uh, do people really go and if they want to watch a film if they really feel enthusiastic and they want to watch a film will they really go and watch a film which was recorded on a mobile phone in a theater and then they are happy with that i mean does it really happen like or is it just a fear from the film industry uh so there are many different ways in which a film is pirated right uh, normally you do have people walking into a theater and uh, recording the screen but you also have films leaking through other ways for instance the copy of a film that goes to reviewers sometimes gets leaked so the copy of a film that uh, goes to the censor board sometimes gets leaked or a projectionist rips a slightly lower quality 
video. Um, this is very rare, by the way, because of the protections that uh, studios use these days. And, you know, they get they get copies that way. Now, the thing that the film industry has been fighting across all fronts is that uh, you cannot make copies of films while it is in the theater and while that is our window of exclusivity, right? After it comes out on DVD, uh, after it comes out on Netflix, or after it comes out on all these streaming platforms, there ripping it becomes much easier. But this is in that critical period where most of the film's revenues are realized. And that is why it is a fight that the industry has invested so much time, money and energy into. And this is another step there because it uh, provides for years in prison as penalty, three lakhs in fines, and also lets filmmakers pursue additional uh, remedies like in from that provided by the Copyright Act. So, Arun, how is uh, a new film or TV show rated right now? And how will the rating framework change once the, this bill comes into effect as law? You know, we have this age-based certification coming in, which is the other uh, big thing apart from piracy that this law is uh, bringing in. So, can you talk a little bit about how this age-based thing is going to work? Sure. So, around the world, we have seen a lot of uh, age classification uh, regimes get more and more specific in terms of uh, making, in terms of recognizing adolescent maturity, right? So we have currently uh, three ratings and one other rating for uh, films. That is, you have U, which means that it is a universal uh, rating. Anyone can really walk into a cinema, whatever their age, and watch this film. And then you have U slash A, which is uh, minors will have to go in with uh, adult supervision. And then you have A, which is only adults are allowed by law to enter a cinema where this film is being played. Now, uh, there has been demands, there have been demands that this needs to be further uh, split into uh, five ratings at the very least. The Shambhenegal Expert Committee report from 2017, which I hope to come back to soon, uh, will uh, essentially said that, okay, you need UA 12+, plus, you need UA uh, 16+, plus, and you also need UA 7+. plus. That way, parents can make informed choices when they are sending their teenagers to, let's say, a horror film that doesn't really have too much content that is inappropriate for them, but is also uh, not at all advisable to send a seven-year-old into. And... This regime has been in place for streaming services since the IT rules 2021 were notified by the IT ministry. And those rules have the exact same age classifications that are now required for films. Essentially, you have UA7+, UA13+, and UA16+. So what that does is it allows you to have a little more maturity uh, in content that does not go all the way to a place where only adults are allowed into the cinema. And that gives, that gives in theory, uh, filmmakers a little more flexibility in uh, how they present mature themes for younger audiences. So you're saying what we already have for uh, OTT platforms is what this bill brings in? Absolutely. And since the uh, Shyam Benegal report was, to some extent, uh, some of its recommendations were accepted. And the there has been a cinematograph amendment bill in 2019, 2021, and now 2023, which has been passed by the Lok Sabha and the Rajya Sabha. 
this process has already been going on since before the IT rules came into being. And the IT rules were subordinate legislation. So the government was able to immediately put that out. But the cinematograph uh, amendment bill had to go through, uh, it had to go through committee, it had to go through a stage of public consultation. And so a lot of that has uh, had an impact in a way that the streaming services working with these graded age ratings before the film industry does. So just to summarize uh, quickly what about this age certi- age based certification Arun so you have well, like how many categories in total three U7 plus U13 plus and U17 plus Yes uh, so the U slash A has been split into those three categories and what about A then A is still around uh, that is the rating where only people above uh, off and above the age of 18 can enter a cinema where that particular title is playing A is still around and there's also something for S right that's right. S, S, yes, S is for content that is uh, not meant for public exhibition, but for, let's say, professional exhibition. A piece of content may be rated S if, let's say, it is meant for doctors to see. Maybe it depicts very advanced surgery. Now, uh, this was obviously a provision that was inserted in the, uh, that was in place uh, in the 80s which is when the internet was not around and a lot of this content had to be presented in uh, semi-public places for groups of professionals for their professional progress. Right. So from earlier, we had uh, three categories. Now we have five categories. And those five categories basically were taken from the IT Act, which was in force for OTT platforms. In fact, the IT rules uh, took these uh, ratings from, it would appear, the earlier version of the Cinematograph Amendment Bill. The INB Ministry, which administers cinema as well as streaming platforms, has had these ratings as something they intend to enforce across the media landscape for quite some time now. Right. Now, uh, so you have this new age-based certification. So what has been the response uh, to this bill and its provisions from the creative people in the entertainment industry? Like, Will they now be able to make content with as much freedom, say, as their counterparts in the US or Western Europe without worrying too much about having to make cuts or losing out on audiences because of, you know, a particular rating issues and so on? That's a good question. Now, to some extent, I think when you talk about UA 13 plus and UA 16 plus films, that might happen. For instance, you might see a little more violence being permitted, a little more swearing being permitted. But it doesn't seem likely that there will be a radical change because in A-rated films as well, we do see a lot of censorship that continues. That is the highest rating that the CBFC awards. And it is also the uh, category of film that exhibitors are least enthusiastic about, especially the large multiplexes. Uh, These films come and leave theaters usually in the span of, uh, let's say, two weeks. They do not get too much time in uh, cinemas and even there you see a fair amount of censorship when it comes to things like excessive gore excessive nudity, sexually explicit content a lot of this does get filtered out including religious references political references and so on so religious references and political references may be filtered out but they may not have anything to do with uh, age right i mean uh, i mean it doesn't matter what age of whether person is 17 or 70 or 45 uh, in terms of uh, those kinds of cuts being warranted 
Absolutely. And that is something that the cinematograph amendment bill has not really touched, which is the debate on what can an adult or a citizen of this country be free to watch? What kind of speech is allowed to proliferate in commercial public spaces and on television, right? Uh, you had this recommendation from the 2017 expert committee chaired by Sham Benegal. They, he said that, get rid of the scissors. Do not even take recourse to them for anything unless it's really, really grave. And I don't think even that caveat was there in the report. But the government seems to have rejected that recommendation because the censorship powers of the CBFC have not been taken away. So the CBFC, so there was this entire uh, point of view which one has been reading about saying that the CBFC should become a purely certifying authority and it should not have any powers to cut and, and you know order cuts to films. So now that has not happened with this amendment bill, right? Absolutely, that has not happened. Okay, what about films rated A uh, being available on OTT platforms? Will they continue to be available on OTT platforms as before? Uh, as of, yes, it does appear that way. OTT platforms, when it comes to foreign films at the very least, has been willing to not just make uh, films rated A available, but also to make them available in an uncut form in the sense that this is the version of the movie before it even goes to the censor board. It's the version that uh, is shown internationally. For Indian films, they have been less willing to take that risk. And that has been the case even for movies that are rated under lower categories, UA films that had to do a few minor cuts will just go up in the way the CBFC approved them, even though the CBFC does not have, uh, the Cinematograph Act does not really regulate uh, streaming services. So, so, uh, so let's say there's a foreign film which is uh, rated A abroad and then it comes to an OTT platform and which is, uh, it's made available in India. So doesn't it have to get certified by the CBSC first before being uh, available on an OTT platform? No, it does not. Uh, th there is also a slight complication to the answer to this question. So the situation as it is, is that a film or a piece of TV that is, uh, that is streamed online only has to be self-certified by the streaming service. And if there are complaints by viewers, there is a prescribed framework through which they have to address these complaints and uh, if necessary make changes to that age rating or make changes to the content itself and that is uh, a separate framework that is mostly self-regulatory in nature but the government has been pushing for some more independence like the cbfc has over cinema to also be applicable to the streaming space in the recent weeks so what you're saying in effect is that the certification process uh, for exhibition of content uh, is different for TV and digital media uh, and it's different for cinema halls. That's right. And it is also different within TV itself. Now, TV has a self-regulatory system in place. So the serials you watch on, let's say, Star World, for instance, do not have to go through CBFC. However, if you uh, broadcast a film, it has to be rated UA because of a court judgment in 2007 that was somewhat upheld by the Supreme Court. Uh, a film that is rated A cannot be broadcast on TV no matter what time it is. However, mature content, as long as it does not contain nudity, if it is a piece of TV that is made for TV distribution, is technically allowed uh, under the self-regulatory code that the Indian Broadcasting and Digital Foundation has put out. 
so so what about ott uh, content which is viewed by people on smart tvs exactly and that is the reason that the government is uh, putting a little more pressure f- f- on streaming services to accept independent certification of their content independent classification at the very least the streaming industry has been a bit resistant to this because it might introduce a little more censorship into uh, the content that they have because a lot of the argument that goes around is that uh, now that uh, a lot of these streaming services have come on tv it has become more of a public uh, medium than it used to be in the past when people would just watch it on their laptops or on their phones and so on and that is uh, an argument that is being taken more and more seriously within the ministry of information and broadcasting right so arun when you say uh, ott platforms are expected to do self regulation do you mean uh, self certification do they certify their own content as ua 7 plus etc or is it just like uh, something else that's right they uh, take a choice on what age classification to apply to their own content and those age classifications are standardized and they are in sync now with what the cbfc issues which is u ua 7 plus ua 13 plus ua 17 plus and a that is for all pieces of content everywhere and they follow such age ratings largely in other parts of the world as well okay okay so some reports in the media which i read they indicate uh, that you know you also spoke about it earlier that that one of the big uh, drivers behind this bill uh, coming in right now was the problem of piracy which you referred to earlier so and this bill makes uh, the penalties for this uh, crime of piracy really really more stringent so i was just wondering so will increasing the fines and increasing the jail term will it really make it you uh, know will it really prove effective in curbing piracy or other other methods that one should be looking at a lot of uh, piracy that goes on in the world right now even for indian films is basically a global enterprise so to the extent that indian cinemas are concerned when someone is walking into a theater that is physically located in india yes it could make a difference because the film industry also has a few tricks up its sleeve for instance there is invisible watermarking of every single copy of a film that is distributed to theaters where if you record it with a smartphone or a camera when it eventually starts getting distributed online the producer can take a look at that copy analyze it uh, and figure out which cinema this was recorded in and that makes investigation much easier now the punishment of course uh, is to disincentivize they will likely seek to catch a couple people who systematically engage in this and send out a message that this kind of uh, intellectual property theft will be taken seriously and so on as far as the the consumption side is concerned this does not do much because consuming content that has already been reproduced illegally uh, does not quite carry the kinds of punishment it does in india as it does in let's say in europe or the united states so even though the the provisions for uh, for 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 penalty Uh, for piracy even though they have been made more stringent they don't really penalize the consumption of pirated content like they do in other countries yes and that is a bit of necessity in terms of uh, administrative cap- cap- capacity very simply because 
if you take one viewing of a piece of pirated content and peg, peg it at the value of what a movie ticket would have cost to watch that same piece of content, then the piracy industry in India is worth billions of dollars because so many people are consuming pirated content. So it would be a vast level of criminalization to embark upon to disincentivize consumption. Website blocking to some extent works, but a lot of uh, piracy does tend to move around and stay ahead of uh, legal capacities to catch up with them. So for instance, you have Telegram, where a lot of groups specialize in distributing pirated content, and it is much harder to uh, go after groups that are formed one day and then just disappear the next Right. So we've looked at piracy. We've looked at age-based certification. Now, uh, let's come to the third uh, important element of this uh, amendment bill, which is uh, the Central Board of Film Certification. So uh, are there any changes uh, that you see uh, in the powers, ambit, role, or the way the CBFC functions as per this new bill? Are there any changes? Sure. So in 1991, the Supreme Court held that a provision in the 1952 Act was unconstitutional, which is that it allowed the INB ministry to take a film that was already certified and say, no, this is no longer certified. Please go back to the censor board. Now, that kind of undermines the CBFC's independence to a certain degree. And after the Supreme Court upheld this in the 2019 draft bill, uh, the provision came back and the government simply said that this is a matter of great importance and this is something we have to do even if the Supreme Court has ruled against it. And that was not something that lawyers looked kindly upon. They said that, okay, you cannot just reintroduce something the exact same way once it has been struck down as unconstitutional. And while that Clause has disappeared. We do see a fair amount of government influence continue to be exercised. For instance, even as the INB minister Anurag Thakur was saying, "Okay, we will. The government will not control what films get certified. That will be up to the board." And you know, there was a lot of thumping by the Treasury benches praising uh, that statement. But a few days prior. He wrote to the CBFC demanding an explanation for why Oppenheimer received clearance with a scene where the Bhagavad Gita is shown in a sexually intimate scene. And that kind of uh, pressure that the CBFC receives is still not out of the question, even though statutorily the INB ministry cannot revoke certification. And we see this play out in other cases as well. When uh, the Kerala High Court, for instance, was hearing the matter of the Kerala story, even though the film had already been certified, uh, the makers had to accept adding a few disclaimers to the film and say, to kind of undermine their own content within the film to say that, okay, this is the actual number of people who were impacted by... Uh, extremism in Kerala and so on and so forth. And Adi Purush was certified, but a few dialogues had to be changed because the public was uh, furious with the, with the way, for instance, Lord Hanuman was depicted. So a lot of the post-certification pressure that a film withstands uh, does not go away just because the 
INB ministry's revisional powers have gone away. Right. So what you're saying in effect uh, is that as per the letter of the law, statutorily, the CBFC is the final authority on certification and on what can be screened or not screened. Uh, but in effect, practically, uh, it is still not free from uh, government pressure. Yes, and govern, the governments do try every now and then. State governments try occasionally to ban a film. And then it goes to a high court and the high court says, you know what, no, we have a procedure in place for this. The CBFC has cleared it. This film has statutory backing. You cannot ban it. It is usually straightforward and it's a matter that is resolved in a matter of days. Right? A film gets banned by a state government and then the makers go to court saying you, this is not allowed and it's a straightforward thing to say that the court has that the CBFC has cleared this so you cannot do this just please provide police protection in case you are worried about this film causing uh, communal tensions for instance so so is this is this a settled point in law arun like say so you have said that the CBFC is the final authority once it's cleared the film is legally uh, entitled to be screened now uh, does this mean that the government cannot state government or union government cannot really ban any film once it's been certified and even if it tries to ban it's like it's like a given that the courts will overturn the ban and just say give police protection. Is that settled now? That is fairly settled. Uh, however, if the union government gets really insistent about uh, a film that has been certified, which does not seem very likely because of how aligned the CBFC's decisions usually are to the union government's interests, there is precedence to say that, okay, once a film is cleared, it is cleared. You can exhibit it in the form that it was cleared. Right. So, uh, in terms of uh, the CBFC's powers, of course, there is a little bit of movement in the letter of the law, but not so much in the spirit of the law. And then we have covered the, the core aspects of piracy and age-based certification as well. Thank you so much, Arun, for joining us and for explaining this new amendment bill for our listeners. Thank you so much. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.